and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here nationwide from Atlanta, Georgia. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Friends, I have received an email that I, that I answered, the contents of which are irrelevant. But the email comes from someone from Moreland, Georgia. And I am professionally obligated to tell a joke, having received an email from someone from Moreland, Georgia. The reason is because Moreland, Georgia is the hometown for one of the greatest comedians to have ever walked the earth. His name, Louis Grizzard. And the joke is about Moreland. Moreland, you see, had a Baptist church and the Methodist Church. Now, I drive through Moreland frequently, and the Baptist Church and the Methodist Church, they are still there. And at the time when Lewis was growing up, they gave the pastors at the First Baptist and the Moreland United Methodist Church bicycles. And the Methodist and the Baptist preacher would get together at the local gas station and go over their sermons together and pray with each other every Sunday before church. They'd ride their bicycles there and meet together before going into church. And one Sunday, the Methodist preacher rode up on his bicycle and the Baptist preacher was on foot. And the Methodist says, brother, where's your bicycle? And the Baptist preacher says, brother, I believe a member of my congregation has stolen my bicycle. The Methodist was appalled, absolutely appalled that someone would do this. And he says, brother, let me tell you what to do. You scrap your sermon today and you do this. You preach on God and the redeeming Holy Spirit and hell and fire and brimstone. And you get into the 10 commandments and you make them feel guilty. And you go through all the 10 commandments and when you get to thou shalt not steal, they'll get to feeling bad and they'll bring back your bicycle. And he said, brother, I'll do it. And they prayed and they went on their way to church. And the next Sunday, the Baptists and the Methodists, they pedal up together to the gas station and the Methodist says, hallelujah, a miracle has occurred. Did you do what I said, brother? Did you preach on God and the redeeming spirit, hell, fire, and brimstone? Did you preach on the Ten Commandments? And when you got to thou shalt not steal, did you bear down on them? So they got to feeling bad and brought your bicycle back. And the Baptist preacher said, brother, not exactly. He says, I did what you said. I preached on God. I preached on Jesus. I preached the Trinity. I preached the redeeming power of the Holy Spirit. And I preached on the Ten Commandments. I went through them. Thou shalt have no God before you other than the real God. No idols. I preached on keeping the Sabbath day and honoring your parents. And when I got to thou shalt not commit adultery, I remember where I left my bicycle. <laughs> All right. Got it out of my system. We can move on. We can move on. Look up Louis Grizzard. You can get his whole comedy routine on, on Apple. I know because I introduced my kids to it. Uh, now, we got to talk about comedy of a different sort. This is your bizarre story of the day. There is a diversity scandal at Activision. Activision is a computer game maker. Activision, you might know uh, Call of Duty and Overwatch. 
They make first-person shooters, among other things, and Blizzard. They they own Blizzard. Uh, there's a there's a scandal there because you know the wokes have moved into the video game field on the left, and the wokes want video games where the first-person shooters remind them of themselves. Now, I want you to think about this for just a moment. Your character, all you typically see is the gun out in front of you. Until you die or respawn, you don't really see what the character looks like, but you can design the character. And they needed to come up with something, some way to bring in diversity so everybody feels represented. Are you a six foot five white Dude with pink hair who identifies as she, azure, and they, and you believe that unicorns and my little pony will dominate the planet, and so you want a ponytail? If so, they got a character for you. Are you a, a geriatric in a wheelchair who is unshaven? Well, they got a character for you. Are you a hermaphroditic female who believes that uh, you will conquer the world because you're a bodybuilder and, and you're white, but you identify as Asian? Well, they've got a character for you. They got to represent everybody. And so they came up with a blank graph. Activision did. They called it the diversity space tool, a leap forward for inclusion in gaming. And they ask their character developers to establish a norm in the middle for a character in a given game genre and then plot out how different a given character is. It'll create a larger shape for a character who is, say, non-white, queer, or has dis disability, according to Axios. Activision framed it as a method for avoiding tokenism, stereotypes, and exclusion and described enthusiastic reactions from its Call of Duty and Overwatch development team. It called the tool tangible software that would create and monitor guidelines for character conception and creation. It blew up in their face the actual software developers at Activision who are white, black, Asian, gay, straight, transgender. They thought it was rather creepy. So what this diversity thing did, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, it, it was almost an octagon. And it had little, little sec where the points meet, culture, ethnicity, age, ability, body type, gender identity, sexual orientation, the diversity space model. And so they draw them out. Where, where do they fit? Uh, are they, one is heavy towards ethnicity and, and, and a little bit towards culture and sexual orientation very explicitly there. And you could design your characters this way to make sure that they fit a plethora of diverse characteristics. You just don't want the token white dude. And it has led to scandal they have had to scrub their website of this. The project, again, I'm reading from Axios, the project had started several years ago at Swedish mobile 
Studio King by developers who were inspired by a presentation from Anita Sarkeesian, a prominent cultural critic who regularly speaks against stereotypes in gangs. The King designers created a paper prototype for graphing a character's diversity, presented it at the Game Developers Conference in 2017, and tapped MIT to help make a digital version that could eventually be used by game makers around the world. The vision was to offer it as part of a workshop alongside readings and to avoid putting stats on character traits, lest it reduces efforts to diversify to numbers in a game. Well, they all showcased it. They all bragged about it. And there was so much actual uh, animosity towards it as revealed that they've had to scrap this thing. Uh, basically, a, a glorified Dungeons & Dragons character sheet that didn't make any sense as somebody described it. Now, what's actually going on here? This is important. Let's go back to the graph. I guess it's, it's a septagon, not an octagon. It's, it's seven sides. Culture, ethnicity, age, ability, body type, gender identity, and sexual orientation. That, my friends, comes from intersectionalism. Intersectionalism comes from critical theory. Critical theory is all about power imbalances. It is a postmodern construct derived from Marxism. I'm not making that up. It actually is. The, the original philosophers to come up with the idea of intersectionalism were Marxist philosophers who wanted to explain power imbalances. And what they claimed were that all power is derived based on character traits. White, male, cisgendered, that is, you're a man who thinks you're a man, heterosexual, abled, meaning you're not handicapped, well, you happen to be the most dominant and therefore the most oppressive. And if you're none of those things, you are the most oppressed and consequently have the most moral authority. And we should subvert the dominant paradigm. That's a phrase you hear people say. It's a legit term, the dominant paradigm. What is the dominant paradigm? Well, according to the postmodernists who embrace critical theory, Words create reality. Reality is not real until you apply words. And the person who applies the words tends to be the oppressor, the white, male, heterosexual, cisgendered, Christian, able-bodied person. And in order to subvert the dominant paradigm, that is their word choices, you must come up with other word choices. And the way you do this is to acknowledge that the exceptions are the rule now. So, for example, we're no longer allowed to say the sky is blue. You may look outside and say the sky is blue, and you may understand at a scientific level that it is the refraction of light through the Earth's atmosphere and the reflection of other light that tends to give it on a clear day a blue appearance. But you're no longer allowed to say that's reality because there are colorblind people who see it in shades of gray. And therefore, you cannot objectively say the sky is blue because there are exceptions to the rule. And the exceptions must be elevated. 
This is where you get into the ideas of the nonsensical ideas in schools and, and the elevation of transgenderism. It's all through this critical theory uh, nonsense. And the reason they're so hostile and the reason they have to censor and the reason they have to bully to shut you down is because they've got to subvert the dominant paradigm. They want to control language. There can be no free speech. Free speech is violence because if you're allowed to speak and you're a cisgendered, heterosexual, white male Christian, you are exercising disproportionate power in society and must be silenced. And so along come those white male, heterosexual, cisgendered Christians or not. And they conjure up a diversity space method to ensure the diversity of the characters in a video game. They want to show their salt. They want to show their allyship, a key phrase in intersectionalism, allyship. If you're an oppressor, but you're sympathetic, you're an ally. And they want to show their allyship. And what does it do? The wokes go nuts on them. They're offended that they can't be left to their creative talents to conjure their own characters. All they were trying to do is help. All they were trying to do was ensure the diversity of the characters that will be murdered in Call of Duty. They don't just want the white guys killed in Call of Duty. It's got to be a diverse group of gay and transgender characters as well, preferably non-white, who are murdered in Call of Duty. Somebody clearly did not think out the end game here. You're creating characters to be slaughtered on a battlefield, but at least they'll have non-blonde hair. <laughs> and the wokes are so upset about it. Activision has had the memory hole. They've deleted all of their CEO's tweets bragging about it. They've deleted the graphs online. Uh, they are outraged if you yourself put it on Twitter highlighting what happened. You cannot make these people happy. You can never win against the wokes by playing their game. The only way to beat them is to not play the game, not go down the intersectional diversity rabbit hole. The moment you do, you've lost. And now there's a call for Activision's leadership to be purged for daring to try to be inclusive for the wokes because they didn't do it on the wokes on terms. Y'all, don't play the game. Just don't do it. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, you know, I used to have a great business sense and love to invest and it just got overwhelming and I've been looking to get back into it. And y'all, I have tried the different companies. Y'all know the companies I'm talking about out there. And I settled on SoFi for a lot of reasons. And now I'm actually happy to tell you about them as a podcast advertiser. I'm happy they came on board because I came on board them before this. And I really like it. And one of the reasons I like it is because it's gotten so complicated with all the jargon out there. You got meme stocks, altcoin, you got shilling for different stocks. You don't know who you can trust. Uh, with SoFi, you can actually get into investing stocks, ETFs, crypto, retirement planning. You get all the IRA options, whether SEP, traditional, or Roth. You don't get commissions on trading stocks and ETFs. You get no account fees or hidden fees. You can use fractional shares that start as low as $5 to buy brand name stocks. Even if you don't have a couple thousand dollars lying around, you can get started for cheap with SoFi putting your money in 
and watching it grow over time. Now listen, you get hands-on with active investing. You can let SoFi's number one ranked automated investing tool, their robo-advisor, take the stress out of building and managing a diversified portfolio. They've got it all there. It's easy to use. I've been using it. I love the interface. It's intuitive. If I can do it, you can do it. Cut through the jargon. Make investing easy with SoFi. Go to SoFi.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to learn how you can win up to $1,000 in stock when you open an account. That's SoFi.com slash Eric, S-O-F-I.com slash E-R-I-C-K. Brokerage and active investing products offered through SoFi Securities, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson. Uh, Next on Monday, uh, Mike Pence heads to Georgia to campaign for Brian Kemp. The election will be on Tuesday. And uh, then I'm going to, I'm going to actually MC the Pence event. They asked me. So when, when Mike Pence went to Georgia in 2018 to bring news of the Trump endorsement, I was the guy who kind of ran the event. And so he asked if I would do it this time. And I said, I would be glad to, uh, and it should be a fun time. Uh, now, I gotta, I gotta bring up Anonymous. Remember Anonymous? He wrote the uh, op-ed in the New York Times, essentially saying everything was gone awry in um, the Trump administration, and he was there to hold him accountable. It turned out the guy's name was Miles Taylor, and uh, he says he is leaving the GOP. Saving the GOP means leaving the GOP. Now I, he says he's a conservative. I, I don't know the guy. But it it seems like this is the thing people do these days. When you start having regular gigs on MSNBC, as he has, you eventually write an op-ed somewhere and say, I look, it's not my Republican Party anymore. I'm done. I'm I'm out of it. Um, nobody nobody thought you were in the Republican Party anymore anyway. Waiting to, to to send the headline, and it's like that that Steve Schmidt idiot, also regularly on on MSNBC. I'm not in the GOP anymore. Good, we didn't want you. I was an elected Republican. I I don't know what the Republican Party stands for these days anymore. Honestly, uh, I'm a conservative. I know what conservatism stands for. Uh, but uh, all of these, I'm not in the Republican Party anymore. You hadn't been in there in a while, buddy. We know. You hadn't supported them. What infuriates me are all these people like, uh, you know, Bill Crystal, for example, who is suddenly pro-abortion for years was pro-life and suddenly like, oh, no, getting rid of Roe v. Wade is a terrible thing, terrible thing. Why? If you are allowing the existence of Donald Trump to shape your views, you are allowing Donald Trump to control you. Donald Trump's unique superpower, I have said this since he came on the scene in 2015. Donald Trump's unique superpower is he makes all of the people who hate him behave exactly as they accuse him of behaving. And he exposes their their fraudulence. He exposes their hucksterism. He exposes their grift. There are a ton of people in America today who have made a lot of money hating Donald Trump. And they want you to know they hate Donald Trump. No one knew who Miles Taylor was until he came out with his op-ed and and hid as anonymous and wrote his book as anonymous and finally revealed himself in order to sell the book because a book with a name sells better than a book called anonymous. 
And now he gets on MSNBC and wants everybody to know he's not a Republican. Surprise! I I mean, I'm not surprised. Nobody's surprised. But if you really think the GOP needs help, um, electing progressive Democrats isn't the way to fix the problem. The way to fix the problem is to meaningfully contribute to the party. Look, I, I get hell all the time from Trump supporters for being insufficiently pro-Trump, for not liking Donald Trump. I've endorsed the man. I've had his family on the program. I've backed some of his candidates. I've opposed some of his candidates. It's not that I am anti-Trump or never Trump. It's that I actually think for myself. And you can arrive at a conclusion different from mine, but I'll be damned if I'm going to hump some politician's leg like some people do. But the idea of running away from your political party because Donald Trump is there, that's just as silly. Uh, good riddance, uh, go away, but please make sure you don't call yourself a Republican anymore. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425. We need to talk about um, some troubling information that's starting to leak out. A lot of people are bothered by this, and you you probably need some of the details. Democrats are alleging a conspiracy that Republicans around the country are coordinating to suppress the vote in November. It seems to me to be sour grapes that the Democrats are saying it, but they're demanding investigations around the country and they claim that they have witnesses who have been in on the coordination that the Republicans are doing and they're demanding investigations of law enforcement around the country. Uh, They claim they have records and information and, and they want federal investigators and state investigators to stop these Republicans from what they believe is an effort to suppress the vote in November. And local election officials and investigators around the country have been trying to get the information from these Democratic groups. And the Democratic groups won't give them the witnesses, won't hand over the witnesses. Say they're worried the witnesses might be threatened by Republicans, bothered by Republicans. Uh, and if only the investigators will look into it, they will uncover the elaborate conspiracy of the GOP. Sounds like nonsense, doesn't it? I mean, you get Stacey Abrams out there claiming she has evidence of the Republicans engaged in a conspiracy to suppress the vote. And she's got witnesses who have been in the room coordinating with the Republicans. And she has asked the Georgia Bureau of Investigation to investigate. They have asked her to provide the witnesses, to talk to the witnesses. And she has flat out refused to provide the witnesses to the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. She says she has them. And she's told the GBI, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, what she has and what the witnesses have said, but she will not let the Georgia Bureau of Investigation actually interview the witnesses themselves. It's gotten so bad, in fact, that uh, the elections board in Georgia, which is all, it's all Republicans except for one Democrat, they are subpoenaing Stacey Abrams' group, her nonprofit, 
trying to get her to provide the witness to the state elections board. She, she wouldn't give the, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation the witnesses who apparently have this elaborate plot that they can explain how the vote is going to be suppressed in November, how they're coordinating, what they're doing. And uh, the, but won't hand them over to the GBI. And so the state elections board has now issued subpoenas demanding it and said they will work with the judge so that the witness will stay anonymous and will not be harassed. This is possible in a legal setting to ensure the witness is not harassed by Republicans. Well, they'll let a judge handle it. And still, Stacey Abrams' nonprofit is refusing to hand over the witness and just saying, investigate, investigate, investigate. Here's what they found. Investigate it. But don't talk to them. It sounds absolutely nonsensical, doesn't it? Why would the Georgia Bureau of Investigation waste their time when Abrams won't even hand over the witness to interview? Except I'm not talking about Stacey Abrams and the Democrats. I'm talking about True the Vote and 2,000 Mules. Ah, yeah. Now, if you were worried about Stacey Abrams, why are you suddenly giving credibility to True the Vote? and 2,000 mules. It is propaganda BS, and that's exactly what they've done. If you watch the movie, I have watched the movie, yes, there are people who wear gloves. Pay no attention to the fact that it is people going to a communal drop box during the height of COVID, particularly black people in Georgia who remember what happened in Albany, Georgia, where the black community was just decimated by COVID. They were fearful and panicked, and I go to the grocery store even now, you'll still see people in latex gloves and face shields. But it was way worse back then. And it's also wintertime and some people were wearing gloves because it was really, really cold. But also, you should know, um, despite True the Vote, and yes, by the way, True the Vote claims to have witnesses who have all the information and will not hand them over to be interviewed by investigators. They claim, well, they'll get harassed if we do. The Georgia Elections Board, which is has one Democrat and otherwise is completely made up of Republicans, has gone so far as to issue a subpoena demanding that the organization hand over the witness, and they're fighting it. Why? What do you have to hide? Is the witness real? What information do they have? Vic Reynolds is the head of the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. He was given the cell phone data that 2,000 Mules features. He responded to the chairman of the Georgia Republican Party and says it is certainly interesting, but it's circumstantial. There's no there there. They can't prove that these people stopped at drop boxes. The, the data is not only not precise, but one person could actually be counted for multiple people if they have multiple cell phone devices. If you have an Apple Watch, if you have an iPad, if you have an iPhone, suddenly you're three people, not one person. Also, what are the nonprofits? What are all the nonprofits? They claim a lot of nonprofits, people going back and forth past drop boxes from nonprofits. What nonprofits? There are a lot of nonprofits out there. What nonprofits? Hmm? Anybody? Anybody? We, we, it'd be great if we had all this information. Not only that, but there's a very particular claim in 2000 Mules. In that claim... They claim they handed over information about Sequoia Turner. 
Sicoria Turner was an eight-year-old girl who was murdered in a parking lot in Atlanta. And in 2000 Mules, they make a very important claim that their cell phone data analysis was so good that they handed over their cell phone information, and it could only be a handful of people who were in the area at the time who could have killed this eight-year-old girl. But it turns out it never happened, or at least there's no record of it. Engelbrecht, uh, Catherine Engelbrecht of True the Vote says that she called a contact at the FBI on or about October 25th, 2021, with information about Scurry Turner's case. But the Fulton County District Attorney made the indictment of the defendants on August 13th, 2021. Now, last I checked, August comes before October in the calendar. Directly contradicts Dinesh D'Souza's claims in the movie that the analysis uh, played some role in the arrest of the men. Also, by the way, um, neither the FBI nor the, the DA have any information about any information being forthcoming. But wait, 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 it gets better. Uh, they also say, here's here's uh, Dinesh D'Souza was on a talk radio show and said there's an international organization called ACLID, Armed Conflict Location and Event Data Project that monitors cell phones of all violent rioters around the world. What True the Vote did was they took the cell phone data on the mules and matched it against the ACLID data on the rioters. And guess what? There is a big overlap. They also cite it in 2000 Mules. They cite the organization in 2000 Mules. There's an organization. This is from this is from the film. Quote, there's an organization that tracks the device IDs across all violent protests around the world. We took a look at our 242 mules in Atlanta. And sure enough, dozens and dozens and dozens of our mules show up on the ACLID databases. This is not grandma out walking her dog. These are, you know, violent criminals sometimes. Uh, ACLID says not only is it impossible to be able to use the data that they have in that way, uh, they do not save device ID data, so it would be impossible. And also, they never were contacted by anyone about this. They don't keep specific location data inside cities. Uh, they track time of day of incidents and uh, or and they, they they don't track time of day of incidents. They don't track individual participants except for known high profile leaders. They do track violent incidents around the world, including riots and peaceful protests. But there's no specific location data inside cities. And in any event, they were never contacted. I'm just telling you all the truth. You're being scammed. Also, by the way. Uh, they say that uh, they've got all this video evidence of people showing up at drop boxes, dropping off multiple ballots. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation and the Georgia Elections Board have found several of those people in Georgia. They were dropping off family ballots. It is indisputed that they were dropping off family ballots. None of them are seen going to multiple drop boxes. In fact, there's a very slight of there's sleight of hands in the movie claiming that people go back and forth across these drop boxes. Except you, if for some reason, you only see one person once. They they don't actually show you someone going repeatedly through video evidence, and they say, "Don't believe your eyes. Believe the cell phone data." But the people who are in charge of the cell phone data say you can't actually use the cell phone data that way. It's not precise enough to be able to use it.
So they conflate a whole lot of stuff. I just got an email from a listener saying the low on November 3rd, 2020 was 57 degrees and the high was 64. Definitely glove leather. How do you know what day the drop boxes were used? Because there was cold weather before that and they're not using drop boxes on November 3rd on election day. They're dropping it off before then. They're also showed it uh, during the, uh, the runoff where there were some uh, below freezing weather. And a lot of the gloves were latex gloves, though. You don't wear latex gloves because of cold weather. You wear them because you're scared to death of touching the drop box that all these other people have been touching because you've been told by the government you're going to die if you touch anything because it has COVID on it. Look, if you want to believe this stuff, I, I can't dissuade you. But what I can tell you is that if I came to you and said Stacey Abrams claims to have witnesses that the Republicans are going to obstruct the election and she has insisted, handed over all the evidence to the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, but has refused to hand over the witnesses themselves, you would call BS on it immediately. You absolutely would call BS on it. But because it's your side doing the same damn thing, you want to believe it. You want to believe it. I can't stop you from believing it. What I can tell you is that nothing in their story checks out. The individuals identified in Georgia, they were all casting ballots for family members. They've been found. It's been documented. Yes, this guy has five ballots in his hand. Guess what? There are five members of his family. No video shows that person going back to a single other drop box in the state. Also, why would you do it at the drop boxes? There are big blue mailboxes all over the state of Georgia without security cameras around them. And the mail, the post office is obligated to deliver those, even if they don't have a postage stamp on them. You could drop it in any mailbox in the state of Georgia. Wear your latex gloves so there are no fingerprints. And they could never find who you were because there's no security camera around all these mailboxes. You could do it at people's houses. You could do it all sorts of ways. But no, you really want me to believe that these people put on their latex gloves or their cold weather gloves and showed up outside government entities covered in security cameras to commit vote fraud. That's what you want me to believe and that you used ACLED's database to prove it, except ACLED says, no, no, they didn't. And also that they used the Portera High Performance Computing Center at Mississippi State University in Starkville, Mississippi, except they say no. They didn't get used either. Now they say, well, we, we got the address wrong. We used a different place. But guess what? There's nothing at that place. Their story doesn't check out. I have said all along there were irregularities. I'm sure there were irregularities. But your data doesn't hold up. They tried to take credit for solving the murder of an eight-year-old girl gunned down in a parking lot. And they lied about that too. I'm sorry, you are being lied to. Many of you want to be lied to. I am a firm believer that the truth is what will actually get us through these turbulent times. And you can hate me for telling you the truth, but the truth of the matter is they lied in 2000 Mules about the date on Sequoia uh, Turner. They lied about the ACLA database. They lied about the individuals caught on video dropping ballots off in Georgia. They refused to hand over witnesses to the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. 
They're having to deal with a subpoena now from the Georgia Elections Board because they refuse to allow the witnesses to be interviewed there as well. What are you hiding that you claim you have witnesses and you won't let any official government organization interview them? What are you hiding? Maybe what you're hiding is you've made a mountain out of a molehill. You've claimed you had things that you don't have. But yet you got a lot of people willing to believe because they want to believe because they just can't bring themselves to accept the painful truth that what they say happened didn't happen, at least not at the rate that it would impact an election. But there you have it, 2,000 mules. Wonderful propaganda, but it's also bullcrap. Now, Eden Pure will clear the air if I haven't done it enough on this. Don't hate me. Don't at me. I'm sure I'll get hate mail from you. I, you, I humored you. I walked through it. Now humor me. Clear the air, get the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. You can get three of them for less than $200. What you do is you go to EdenPureDeals.com and you use the discount code ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3. Use that as your discount code. And when you do it, you get uh, $200 off three Eden Pure Thunderstorms. You get three of them for less than $200 and you get free shipping. Uh, it's EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC3. These things, not only do they eliminate, they don't mask odors, they eliminate odors. And not only do they eliminate odors, they get rid of the mildew, the mold, the bacteria circulating in the house, and they work. I keep one in my suitcase. I travel with it. They're really good at smoky odors, pet odors, uh, just the stinky, musty odors you get in a hotel room. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC3. I have commented several times that Mexico is actually a failed state. Uh, I was not opposed to the idea of Donald Trump using the military to attack the narco traffickers in Mexico. Mexico can't do anything. Mexico is a failed state. This is from Yahoo News. More than 100,000 people are now listed as missing in Mexico. Rights groups have appealed for urgent action to tackle disappearances that have skyrocketed during years of spiraling drug-related violence. The National Registry of Missing Persons, which has been tracking disappearances since 1964, said that as Monday, the whereabouts of 100,099 people were unknown. 75% of them are men. The movement for our disappeared warned that the figure was certainly well below the number of actual cases, calling for the government to deal with the crisis in a comprehensive and immediate manner. I am all about helping the Ukrainians fight the Russians. But we got a problem at our border. We have a failed narco state south of us that is routinely sending people into this country as victims of human trafficking, killing American tourists and others, uh, shooting at Border Patrol agents. When are we going to wake up and realize we have a massive problem south of the United States and howls of racism from the left aren't gonna solve the problem. What's actually gonna solve the problem is military and diplomatic action by the United States and building a giant wall that cannot be scaled or tunneled under. 100,099 people are missing in Mexico, 75% of them men. And we're to turn a blind eye to what's going on south of our border. That is absurd that we are ignoring this. And there was one person who was willing to deal with the problem. His name was Donald Trump, and he was vilified for wanting to tackle the problem. 